Hi, Creepsters. This is Alexa from New Jersey, and you're listening to Carrie and Donna with some sinister sightings. And I'm Carrie. And we are a Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 120. And you just heard Alexa B. Sounding sexy AF. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Move over, Delilah. Delilah. Shouldn't sound sexy. You know, she's just like late night radio. That's what I <laughs> attribute to sexy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Delilah's not sexy. I don't know. But she always had that like low voice, so... It would be like, so tell me all of your problems. Yeah, very like soothing, but not sexy. Oh, that's sexy to me. Now, Alexa, on the other hand. Yeah, true, true. Brown chicken, bow wow. (laughs) I I like mixed brown chicken, brown cow and bow chicken, bow wow. That was very, look, you know what? Words (laughs) are super hard today. Okay. I was about to be like, I was today years old when I didn't know you didn't say that correctly. But, no, I okay. literally cannot say words today. It's, okay. They're impossible. Hey, I'm glad we have to read y'all's writing because she's going to fuck it up. Hey, at least I have to read other people's words and not come up with my own. Mm, true, true, true. But I do know if you want to introduce an episode just like Alexa, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Also... How many people's Alexas are like, yes? I don't know how Alexa does. I don't have it. But you know what I mean? The light changes. (laughs) Because Creep Mom was telling us like a story. And she was saying like when she went into the hotel, she was like, I don't even know how to turn on the light. Alexa, where's my Alexa? And like Alexa in the background was saying, she was like, oh my God, be quiet. God bless. You know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, oh my God, that's so funny. I forget, you know, like shit. Sometimes if people like yell, hey, Carrie, to me, cereal pop up a lot. That's funny. Okay. The first one, short little sinister sightings. Hey now, you guys, it's Willow, your weird witchy friend, again, with another story for you. I had mentioned in my last letter about my stepdad, Mel, and how his son, Mel, had also passed. I'm just thinking that if they were in a car, it would be a car of Mel's. Get out of here. (laughs) Get the fuck out. Leave. Get in your car, Donna's, and get the fuck out. I was like, ooh. Oh, God. That was terrible. <laughs> Clever as shit, but terrible. <laughs> okay, sorry. I also mentioned in another letter how my wife lived with bipolar schizoaffective disorder. With Karen, she would also go through different psych meds, and nothing seemed to help, and usually get used to them, and the side effects just made her life hell, as well as mine. So they had given her a medication for her hallucinations. But taking that long term could potentially cause something called tardive dyskinesia, which is permanent uncontrollable movement. So to counter that, she was prescribed another medication. Ugh, vicious cycle. So this med was a beauty. We never got to sleep. She would physically act out what was going on in her dream, like extreme sleepwalking and talking. 
Once she used my hand to dial 911 and was trying to run after someone in her dream with my other hand to her ear. Another time she was on stage singing some really bad Mexican song at the top of her lungs. Once she thought there was a bomb in the room. Anyway, you get the picture. This one time I woke up to her standing facing the corner of my room talking. I asked her what she was doing. She replied, talking to an old friend of yours. He said to tell you, don't trip, potato chip. It's all good in the hood, little pecker wood, and it'll be okay. I'm half asleep and said, what? She repeated it, so I asked, who? She laughed and said, little Mel. I sat straight up in bed at that. Little Mel was my stepbrother, basically. My mom was with his dad, Big Mel, and had met Big Mel and his mom, Sue, through my sister, who was his best friend. I didn't really talk about him and never, ever called him Little Mel unless I was talking to my mom about him. It was a little reassuring. That's my little story about Little Mel. Makes me smile, and I hope it makes you smile, too. Just a side note, I've always wondered if the mentally ill were really seeing what's real and everyone else is just programmed to be ignorant like the matrix just a thought keep on creeping on willow wow we've talked about that before that you know with conspiracy theories and all of that if sometimes people are made out to look air quotes schizophrenic when they're actually not because what they're telling is truly happening right and they make it look like they're hallucinating or they're having a paranoid delusion when really they're telling the truth but if you make people think like they're having a delusion then they'll they'll not believe what they're saying because they'll think something's wrong with the person Mm -hmm. not hey this information is actually pretty shitty what they're saying and we should pay attention to it right no no no. pay attention to the person not the information that they're saying Mm -hmm. it's like a sleight of hand almost yeah Well, and my uncle, he used to say stuff like that all the time, and it would blow my mind. Like, he would say, we know this as a coffee cup because we're taught it's a coffee cup. But what if there's so many different objects in between this coffee cup and us, but we weren't taught what they are? Mm -hmm. And so, like, on this dimension, they don't exist to us, but they're actually there. Middle school, Donna, I was like, what? Whoa, you know, and mm-hmm. so I mean, it's true. I and he would say, like, you know, you see things out of your periphery and stuff. And so, like, when you see that, it's like a different dimension or it's stuff that we're not taught what, like, we're not given a name of it, you know, so we don't know what to like say it is. He dealt with mental illness. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know, but thank you for your story. Next one. Hi, ladies. I wrote you once before about my sleep paralysis story in New Orleans, and I promised I'd tell you a few more. This one is about my haunted college apartment. I went to a school in a small town right in the middle of Wisconsin. I had lived there about three years already, and I just signed a lease to live in a different apartment. It wasn't new and it wasn't old. I say this because no one died there and nothing was weird about it. It was just a college apartment where mostly college kids have lived there previously. It was me and my roommate. Let's call her Katie. One night after working at the local watering hole, serving up drinks and food to the locals, I came home. 
Our apartment is on the second floor, meaning you open our door and go straight upstairs to our living room. No communal mail room or lobby or anything like that. I walked upstairs and walked into my room, but realized I forgot something in my car. My roommate was in the shower during this time, so I ran outside to my car and came right back. But when I was walking in my door, I saw my roommate in her towel in the living room looking around weirdly. I went inside and she's dripping wet, still in her towel. She meets me at the top of the stairs. She asks, were you in the kitchen? Did you see it? I said no. I had went to my room, instantly turned around to get my laptop from my car, but I hadn't made dinner or anything like that. She told me that it sounded like someone was rummaging pretty hard around in the kitchen, and then it hit me. I looked over, and every single cabinet and drawer in our kitchen was flung open. Not a little, but completely wide open. All of them. My roommate looked at me as if she had just witnessed me murder her whole family. Her face was pale when she realized I hadn't been the one to open the cabinets and cause all the commotion. Mind you, it's a small apartment and there's no way to get to my room without looking at the kitchen. As the first time I walked past, nothing was out of the ordinary. I went to my car for a good 30 seconds before I came back inside. I have no idea what happened, but it sent chills down my spine. I thought maybe it was my roommate, but she was in the shower, and you can tell she jumped out of the shower because she thought something was wrong. And as I mentioned, she was still dripping wet. Not only that, but the look on her face told me that she had no idea what happened either. I'm not the only one to have experienced something weird there. My best friend had visited me a couple of months later, and she was sleeping in the living room, when she said that she experienced sleep paralysis for the first time. She also said she was terrified out there and it felt unsettling. I agree, as I never sat in the living room. I was always in my room with the door locked, as the place made me uncomfortable after the first incident. Another friend was sleeping in the living room one night, and in the middle of the night, I could hear really loud noises coming from the living room. I went out there to see what was up and the TV was on as loud as it could possibly go. I woke my friend up, not sure how he was even able to sleep through that as the closer you got to the TV, the more you could feel your ears about to bleed. He said that he had never turned on the TV and he didn't even know where the remote was. And this was true. It was nowhere to be seen. I have no idea if all of this was a weird coincidence, but I felt like something was going on there. I never felt safe and I was always behind a locked door. Whether it be my room or the bathroom, especially when Katie wasn't around, which was often. I'm glad I got out of that place. Thanks again for listening. Next time I'll send you a story about my Ouija experience. Creep it real, Sarah. That's scary. That is scary. And that sucks to not feel safe where you live. In your own house. How do you, I mean... Mm-mm. That's what's the scariest part. It's like, you know, your house, you should be able to get away from whatever's scaring you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got out of that apartment and keep sending the stories in. And then your poor friend that had the sleep paralysis there. Ooh. Also, there's so many people that like lock their door when they sleep, just like in their own house. I don't do that. Do you do that? No, not in my bedroom. Yeah, I don't either. I, I feel like, but like, I know people who. 
like in their house, they lock their house door and then they go to their bedroom and they close their bedroom door and lock their bedroom door. And I actually, I think we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like I know someone who their house was broken into and they had their door to their bedroom locked. And that's what kept someone from getting into their bedroom while they were home. Wow. Because they were in their bedroom asleep because their husband works offshore and it was just them at home by themselves. And so I was like, wait, should I be doing this? Like, you know, but I don't. First of all, my bedroom gets too fucking hot to do that. Mm. I need air to circulate. Mm -hmm. I've already got a guy who's given me a, what's it called? An estimate to fix my shit outside where my little, like literally where my roof's like, you know, falling in. And all my vents sweating because the guy put in the insulation over pipes that he shouldn't have put insulation over pipes on. And so I said, hey, while you're there, tell me how much it would cost to add another vent to my room because it's hot as fuck. Yeah. So I could not do that. No, I don't even think my door has a lock on. No, it doesn't. What? Yeah. Well, I think it it has a lock on it, but uh, it don't lock. Marley couldn't push that door open easily. I learned that during, because again, I never shut my door either. Yeah. Because it was really just me living there. So who cares that my door's open all the time? Because Mm -hmm. again, I need, me and Marley have free reign. Well, then there was a dick appointment and he did not really, I don't know who would be scared of Marley, but he was like, can I shut her out? And I'm like, sure. He shut the door and Marley was like, (laughs) okay. And- how she know that that door didn't lock? She just, she just pop- whoop. Uh-huh. And he had like just sat back down on the bed. I was like, um, sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Yeah. Who knew? And so he tried it again. I'm like, shut it. You know? And uh, Marley was like, uh, no, no. And went back in. Damn. Okay. The next one is called a Ouija board app and a sister. Ooh. Hello, beautiful ladies. I know I sent quite a bit, and I was so happy to hear you guys cover the Pope Lick Monster and Train Trestle. Those are so hard to say. Props Uh, to you. I was about to say, uh, try to say that whole thing. Oh, Lord, the whole time. Train Trestle, Train Trestle. See, I was like Pope Lick Monster. That's what I was having a hard time with. I have another story about my daughter that just recently happened. A little backstory. I married a man almost four years ago and was blessed with gaining his daughter and son before having our baby boy. It's a little crazy to say the least, but we make it work. My daughter is 13 and stays at her best friend's house as much as possible. It's like she doesn't like us or something. Insert shrug emoji. 13-year-olds don't like anybody. Well, we have been over how I feel about Ouija boards and how she should never play with one because I'm not living in another haunted house. Yes, another. Tell me why this pain in my rear decided to play a mobile version of it at her friend's, at least not in my house. But that ass could have brought something home. So she tells us the day after we pick her up from her friends, she apparently contacted a girl named Emma that died in her friend's house. Impossible, because um, her mom is the original owner of their house. So she's telling us they started hearing knocking, etc. So they closed it and ran into her friend's room. I immediately go into mom mode, asking all the questions about closing it, etc. Freaking out that I know I have to figure out how to sage shit again. Then, there's my husband. Isabella. You said her name was Emma? Yeah, that's what they said. Isabella. 
before me and your mom had you, we were supposed to have another little girl, but she passed away. We were going to name her Emma. Me staring at him. My daughter, white as a sheet. My oldest son staring at his usual YouTube and my youngest son asleep. You guys, I could have murdered him. Oh my gosh. He started dying laughing of how scared she got. And then got his ex-wife in on the story to which made my daughter freak out more until they finally told her it was a lie to get her to not do it again. Oh my gosh, that's so, that is cruel and unusual punishment right there. Thought I'd give a good laugh. I know at the time I wasn't too happy, but it's funny now. Good reprieve from the dark shit that I sent before. Have a good one, ladies. Oh my God. I mean, it is funny, but who, my butthole would have been puckered. Oh and like, my gosh. But also don't play on the apps. Oh my gosh. But also, I'm like, wait, there's an app? No. (laughs) Give me your phone. (laughs) Give it to me now. No. Oh, my gosh. Well, And that's so believable because, I mean. Yes. Yes. Like, you got me, too. I thought it was true. I was like, holy fuck. Me, too. I was like. (gasps) Oh, my God. Why did it come to, why did she come to her? I mean, like, you had me. Yes. Wow. Well, she probably won't be playing that for a while. No. Wow. Okay. Hi, ladies. Just recently found your podcast, and I'm loving it. Thought I'd write in and share a little paranormal encounter I had some years ago. Trigger warning, it mentions miscarriage. So, a little backstory. When I was five or six, my mom was pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl. Everything was going good until about halfway through when complications began to happen. Unfortunately, my mom had to give birth extremely early and lost the babies. After this happened and we got the urn with the ashes inside, we began experiencing small things here and there. For example, motion-censored toys would go off by themselves, toys being moved around, etc. Even one time when I was going from California to North Carolina with my grandma to visit family, my first real trip away from my parents. My mom told me that the whole time I was gone, my Hello Kitty cuckoo clock that usually went off every hour didn't go off once until I came back home. Weird, right? A few years after my mom lost the babies, she ended up having my brother, and then another couple of years later, my sister. My aunt, who is very in tune spiritually, always told my mother that these are the twins coming back in the right time, and I definitely believe her. Growing up, and still to this day, random people ask if my brother and sister are twins, even though they're a couple of years apart. So now for the story I was actually going to write in. This happened about seven years ago when I was 14, but I still remember it so vividly. One day I was home with my mom and my siblings. Everyone was upstairs except for me. I was downstairs washing the dishes. So I was scrubbing away when all of a sudden I feel a tug-tug at the bottom right of my shirt. You know, like a kid trying to get your attention. My siblings were about five or seven, so I assumed it was one of them, even though to me that's kind of a toddler move to tug on someone's shirt to get their attention. I turned to see what they wanted and tell me why no one was there. Mm. I stopped the water, dried my hands, and looked 
all around downstairs. No one was there with me. I go upstairs to find out who came downstairs so fast, but my mom said they were all upstairs watching TV. As creepy as it was, though, I wasn't scared. Anytime stuff like that happens, we just say it was the twins, which I really do believe it is. Also, I'm not sure if it was or before this incident, but around the same age, I began to see orbs. I still see them to this day, but only on the right side of my body. They begin over my head and float down and back, if that makes sense. I hope you enjoyed my story. Wishing you guys so much podcast success. Creep it real. They sent that in on the website, so I don't know if they want to say their name or not. But wow. Also, with the orbs being on the right side, the tug was on the right side of your shirt. So I wonder if it's something to do with the right side. I don't know what that means because I'm not in tune spiritually, but hmm. But I really believe that the twins could be the twins being born at like how your aunt said the right time. Like, at you know what I mean? It's them, but at the time that they like could have been fully brought. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, I know this isn't a thing. Well, I don't know. Anyway, but I was thinking like, I wonder if the twins like, if maybe like the one that was on the right side of the like I know they kind of move around in there, but you know like one that yeah. t- stayed on the right side was maybe a little stronger or something, and like yeah. that's why you always see them on the right side or I don't know. Ooh, yeah, I mean I don't because I feel like they like swim around in there. Like it's one's Help, not always I like I don't feel like it's always baby A on the right side. You know? Help I know. We there it's impossible to know because you, unless it's like a boy and a girl, yeah, it would be you know. You know what? I wonder if, like, you know, how you said that you could have their their energy there after the twins passed. But now that your brother and your sister are alive, but you feel like the twins were reborn. I wonder if that energy is what you feel like. What if, I'm just saying, this, could, this is totally like just off my dome, you know? And it's pretty spacious in there. Not a lot of room taken up, but... uh and it's already pretty damn big. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's empty. It's like, hello, 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 hello. So, but what if they were just like, okay, so they're watching TV and like that one really wanted popcorn. But like the energy, like they knew you were downstairs washing the dishes or something. And so it's like they were trying, you know what I mean? Like if y'all had that connection or something, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Yeah, I don't know that it's that's that's like... And not that he knows, like, he's not saying, like, hey, give me, hey, bring me popcorn. But, like, what if he's just, like, man, I really want some popcorn. But, like, his energy, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think. Like, again, I'm just, like, like, spewing my brains. (laughs) That's the wrong. Put him back in. No, I'm kidding. This is the episode that should have never happened. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like if if someone didn't know they had powers or whatever, and it's like it's like if Carrie was sneezing, like because she sneezes like five times in a row. But if it's like God, I really wish Carrie would stop sneezing, and like she snapped, she (laughs) snapped, and she stopped, and it's like whoa, you know, or Mm -hmm. something like, or man, I really wish. I, whatever, but it's like you really wish something and like something happens, but you don't. Yeah. Like you don't know that you're powerful, but like what if the residual energy from the twins 
is there connecting with the energy from your brother and sister. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's me rambling. Okay, the next one. The night I thought heads would roll. Oh, hi. Just like everyone else, I love your podcast. I wanted to get all caught up before I joined you folks on Facebook and submitted any sinister sightings. So here we are. When I was about 14 years old, my friend and I were hanging out watching movies in her ground floor apartment. Now picture this because it's relevant. The TV was in the corner of the living room by the sliding patio doors and the couch faces the TV. We were home alone as both our mothers were single moms doing the best they could with all that they had and her mom was still at work. We had been on a horror movie kick as of recent and that night's flick was Sleepy Hollow. Now the movie itself is not particularly scary. Sure, it has its moments, but it's not like we were cowering in fear. So the movie ends, the credits are rolling, and my friend and I are chatting about how we enjoyed the movie. The next thing, we realize that there is a shadow coming towards her patio door, backlit by the streetlights, holding what seemed to be a sword. Naturally, we panicked, being 14-year-old girls, started screaming our heads off. We were on the couch screaming and clutching each other, convinced we were about to lose our heads, and in through the curtain steps her mom, carrying an oscillating fan, wondering what the <laughs> hell all the racket was. Many, many years later, I still giggle about that encounter. Thanks for making me smile, Serena. Oh my God, that had to be so scary on the credits and stuff too. Like you just kind of see it and like, oh. That is like literally every sitcom ever written. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. My mama would tell me that. So like they used to live on this street called Keelan Road in in Mobile. So shout out if y'all know that. But um, they were younger in their 30s, I guess. I don't know, ages. Fuck. 20s, 30s. Well, all the like couples would get together and watch scary movies and stuff. So my sister was dating this guy and he was down at one of the neighbors' house, but like everyone else was there, you know, like in watching like Jason, like Friday the 13th. Well, how theirs was was the same way. Like you could see the TV from like the windows outside. And I don't know, a different time that they would have all the drapes like pulled open, you know, like mm -hmm. you could see inside. She remembers, like, all of them just, like, you know, watching it and being enthralled in these movies. And, like, you know, the men, they're not scared of anything or anything, you know, whatever. But then one time, my sister's boyfriend just, like, watched outside and just waited and waited. Because he could easily see the TV. Yeah. And he knew what was going to happen. And right when he knew, like, Freddie was going to jump out or, like, you know use whatever, you know, he just like hit the side of the house and all of them, including my dad and all of them like screamed and like all of this. And it was so funny. And like, she, you know, my mom's laugh, how she would like slap her knee talking yes. about it. She loved that. And it's, it's that like, you know, just, it's so funny to think about someone like waiting to scare you. But then it's also scary to think about, he was just waiting to scare them, and they had no idea. So, like, it was harmless, but that could have been someone waiting to, like, hurt them, mm -hmm. and they had no idea. And so, like, that's what terrifies me. Of course, I go to the dark places. You know, I can't just be like, oh, cute story. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, 
I'm the same way because my friend at work, Kim, she lives in a neighborhood that has an HOA. They have this area next to the community pool that's like a parking lot, but they're very particular about people using it as a parking lot. And like overnight, like for like extended periods of time. And it's kind of close to her house. And so I had gone over to her house the other day and she said like, oh my God, the HOA, because it's like, it's literally like a soap opera, the HOA Facebook page. And so she was showing me the the car that the HOA is like up and uh, well, the people on the Facebook are like up in arms about. And she was like, it's been there for like two weeks. I was like, Kim, that could be like a car that somebody stole. Yes. They dropped it there. There could be a dead body in that trunk. Yes. She's like, don't say that. And I was like, <laughs> well, it could. Somebody could have dropped that car there. Y'all need to check it out. Yes. She's like, oh my God, don't tell me that. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. Oh my gosh. But you, like you, I go straight to like the worst <laughs> case. Like there's a dead body in it and everybody's dead. <laughs> what was that? You heard Colby yell from the bathroom and you thought something. And I was like, literally everything. Look, one day that shithead and that's uh, Col- Colby. I'm lovingly calling him a shithead. He was fucking with Bo while he Colby was in the pool and he was messing with Bo. And like, if you just like splash around, Bo just has so much fun and he barks. And so while Bo would be barking at him in the pool, he would like lay face down like he was dead. And so all I hear is Bo like barking his head off at Colby. And I look, look out there, Colby's laying face down in the pool. So I like flip out thinking Bo's like trying to get my attention that something's wrong with Colby. Like he's fucking lassieing me. Well, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And I go out there and Colby's like, (laughs) no. Okay. On that note though. He doesn't ever laugh like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No one does. Well, we all know the time that you damn thought I was dead in my chair. Well, also, that was, um, you never leave your phone. Yeah, I really, and I had really did have surgery like the day before, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Straight to death. Well, your sister also texted, was like, she's not answering. And my uncle died by suicide in a chair sitting up much like your recliner in a recliner much like yours. I know. So, I it wasn't the a, trauma. it wasn't a stretch. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't understand it. <laughs> I just said you went straight there. Uh, yes. Because Carrie doesn't do well with medicine. We all know that a Benadryl knocks her out. Truth. And so this girl was on some medicine because, you know, she almost died that time. All right. Hey, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now, and I finally had the guts to send in about my ghostly experience. I grew up in a small farming community where we count the chickens as citizens and the sidewalks get rolled up when it's dark. Since it's small, I know many people that have moved in and out of the town and one house in particular where I've known three separate families that have lived there. The house was right across the street from the town's church, so I always thought it was strange for a ghost to be so close. The first family that lived there had two boys about three years apart. The youngest was about my age, and a group of us kids at the time, about 14 years old, would all, quote, run the town. He never wanted people to hang out at his house, even though he had the only pool in town. Eventually, he would mention that weird things happened in the house, and he didn't want people to see and hear what he experiences every day. 
We were just kids and just shrugged it off as him making an excuse to not let us swim. A year later, this family moved out of the home. A few months of it being empty, a new family moved in. This family had two boys and a girl, all close in age and all close to my age as well, so we all quickly became friends. It was summer and they cleaned up the pool and every day we would swim and have pizza. We all became close and eventually I would have sleepovers with the daughter of the family. Over time, they would mention them taking videos and photos and seeing orbs, but they would laugh it off. After a few more months, the family started having issues with their stepdad, and that's when things started to get worse. One night when the stepdad was gone, the mom was home alone. She heard pounding downstairs, and the light was on in their garage, which was detached and in the backyard. She went downstairs and a teacup was on the floor shattered on the other side of the room where she had left it. The garage door was closed and she turned the light off. Throughout the night, she kept hearing pounding and the light kept turning on. The family kept hearing more things around the house and just accepted that there was a presence. The last time I was in the home with them, we were all downstairs on the couch relaxing after swimming. Above our heads was the parents' bedroom. No one was upstairs. We heard footsteps walking in circles above us, directly above our heads. It would pound twice and walk above the next head, pound twice. We all remember and talk about it to this day. But this isn't the scariest thing that happened in this house. I left out the worst parts and will send in another email about the small storage closet you could crawl in, the baby rattle, and the steep stairs. I love how I can relate to you two and all the other creepsters. P.S. I did reach out to the family that lived there first, and my friend confirmed he was experiencing the same things the new family had experienced. Brianna. Man, that's scary. It is scary. Could you imagine, like, not wanting your friends to come over to your house because of, like, spirits that you're experiencing? And you can't say anything to be like, okay, because how y'all were, like, okay. Right. Like, a ghost, sure. Meanwhile, you have, like, the fun house because you got the fucking pool. Like, right? people are like, hey, can I come over? Hey, you busy? Hey, can I come over? Hey, you want to go swimming? <laughs> you want to go swimming? You want to go swimming? Yeah. And I love how you're just like, he doesn't want to share the pool, asshole. Yes. You know? You jerk. <laughs> I would have been the same way. Like, oh, his parents are no fun. <sighs> God, they don't even want us to come over. I mean, I'll bring the popsicles. I'll bring my own towel. Just kidding. Can I borrow one of y'all's? Yes. She's not kidding. Also, the cliffhanger there. Uh, no, that's what I was about to say next. Um, Can you send that shit in, please? Thank you. The tone. Well, it was a cliffhanger. It was the audacity of that. Uh, send in season two. <laughs> better get picked up. <laughs> oh, my gosh, right? Don't you hate that? Yes. I need a conclusion. Okay, the next one. Hello. I recently started listening to the podcast and wanted to share my own experience with shadow people. I'm not sure how often you get these types of stories, but I was stalked by them for many years. The earliest memory I have of seeing one is honestly still fairly chilling. I was very young. It was in my childhood home. My dad was working nights then, so I remember going to my parents' bedroom after a bad dream, and I was still young enough to sleep in their bed. It was when I was opening the door. My mom was still asleep, and standing next to the bed by her head was a figure leaning over her. I thought at first that my dad had come home early. It was only upon getting closer, I realized that it was just a shadow. 
I immediately, being a young Southern boy, tried to attack it, but it disappeared. Then, until I was 15, I saw one appear in a hotel room. I don't remember where we went for us to be staying in one, but it seemed to be pacing across the room in front of the beds. I tried not to think about it and hid under the covers. I saw one sitting on the bed across from mine in the room I shared with my stepbrother one night when he wasn't there. I saw one move across my yard in front of my house one night on a full moon. The last one I saw was in my bedroom. I saw the figure slide into the room and then slide back out. The easiest way I can describe the things I saw is it almost looked like someone in a black cloak that would obscure the rest of the body. The place the head should be almost didn't vary much. It was always an elongated head that had two points that jutted out like horns. I know as a child I didn't tell anyone about these incidences after they laughed about the story. It was still the 90s when I told people. It wasn't until I was about 15 they seemed to lose interest. I'd also like to let you know I'm originally from Byram, Mississippi. I'm just living in Shreveport now. Okay, you're like two hours away from us. Mm-hmm. Well, you were. You're not now. Now you're way far away. I've never experienced shadow people like that, and I don't want to. No, hell no. I'm fucking terrified of that shit. Okay, last one. Hey, girls. So excited to share my first set of stories. My name is Heather. You can find me on the West Coast in Salem, Oregon. No, we don't have witches, but we have cuckoos, as in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Fun fact, our state mental hospital, which of course is haunted, was the hospital they filmed the movie in. Anyways, I started listening to you guys at the beginning of the pandemic, as Miss Patrick Hines suggested, and man, was she right. Y'all are the same age as me, check, extra large pizzas like me, check, and have the same dirty sense of humor as me, check. I can relate to so much more, but this is supposed to be a sinister sightings, not one great big tangent time. I mean, that's on par with you being like us. True. After almost eight months of listening, I am finally to October 2020, so I decided it's good timing to send in my first sinister sighting. Eight months of listening. Cool. Right? Are you not tired of us yet? We're tired of us. I know, but thank you. Don't. Mm. Yeah, don't stop listening. Thanks. <laughs> This may be a bit long, but those are the best ones. Sorry, not sorry. A little backstory. All of these stories, four of them to be exact, have to do with my friend Jen as she, quote unquote, sees dead people. My dad, sister, and I are all a little sensitive, so I think that's why I've been able to have these experiences with her. Story number one. When Jen and I were in college, she moved into a new apartment. She was always good about making sure there wasn't anything living at the apartment already. The last thing she wanted to do was live with spirits. It was enough to come upon them in everyday life. So Jen moves in, and once a week I stay there, as I commuted 45 minutes to school. And let's be honest, what college student doesn't want a little more sleep when they can get it? Am I right, Carrie? Oh my God, preach. (laughs) After a little while, Jen realized that she had picked up a spirit that followed her home. To this day, she doesn't really know how, as she never communicates with them, therefore she didn't invite them. She told me this guy would stand by her bedroom door, but never come in. But once I started staying, things changed. One night, I was on my air mattress in her bedroom next to her bed. We were watching TV, and all of a sudden, every hair on my right arm, closest to the door, stood up. 
and it got real cold. Man, what's with everything on the right side tonight? Right? No pun intended. intended. I looked at Jen and said, is he here? She said, yes, but he looks like he's yelling at you. After that night, he started standing next to her bed. It was like he didn't like me and was protecting her. Story number two. One day, Jen, another friend, and I were driving to Portland, which is about an hour north of Salem, and Jen was sitting in the back of my car. As I'm driving, I hear her quietly say, I see dead people over there. (gasps) I perked up and asked if I heard what I thought I heard. She said yes, and I began to question her. And you said, what in the sixth sense is going on around here? (laughs) Me. Jen, do you know what it's like over there? Jen. No. Me. What did the people look like? Jen. They had older clothes on, but they were wet, like they had been swimming. Me. Sheet white and dead silent. Jen didn't understand my shock. I told her that Shampooey State Park was over there. Is it next to conditioner? (laughs) I really hope I said that correct. (laughs) Shampooey was Oregon's original state capital, but it was moved to Salem when the whole town was destroyed in a flood. So, holy crap, like, Jen didn't know what she was seeing, but she totally saw. What she saw. Mm Mm-hmm. Story number three. Donna, get ready. It's a haunted bridge. Ooh, your favorite. Nipples are hard. Don't worry. Oh, God. (laughs) What's new? (laughs) This time, Jen, another friend, asleep in the back seat, and I were driving to Long Beach, Washington. To get to Washington on the coastline, you have to go over the Astoria-Meekler Bridge, which crosses over to the Columbia River, the divider of the two states. It's the longest continuous truss bridge in North America. On the northern end of the bridge is where our story begins. As I'm driving along, I see what looks like a person squatted on the side rail of the bridge to my right, like they're going to jump. It's dark out, so I'm not 100% sure I saw what I saw. The emergency responder in me began to kick into gear. I quickly looked into my rearview mirror, ready to pull over and help, but nothing. There was no one there. I looked at Jen, and all she said was, yep. She already knew my question. Here's the thing. The bridge has such a history of jumpers that they put a nine-foot high fence on the sides of the bridge to keep the people from jumping. Mm. That means there was physically no way for someone to jump off that bridge. Story number four. My friend Cole owned his own house in an older part of town. The house was built in the 30s and was right down the street from the state mental hospital and one of the oldest cemeteries in town. Needless to say, the area was known for hauntings. I moved in there with him after a rough breakup so I didn't have to be alone. I moved upstairs into the renovated attic, yes, I already know this sounds like a terrible idea, where I had two rooms to myself. There was also a small door at the top of the stairs that led to a small attic storage space that was mine to use as well. Jen came over to check out the place and have some celebratory drinks. I showed her around downstairs, but once we hit the stairwell, she was already getting quiet. I showed her my rooms and even the storage space, but she was obviously ready to get downstairs and down that drink. I didn't really think too much of it after the first drink, then she hit us with the news. We have a girl in the attic storage space. Cole just laughed it off, telling us he has never had anything weird happen. 
As time went on, Jen would come over and tell me that the girl wasn't in the attic anymore. She was progressing herself down the stairwell. I would hear things every once in a while, but I just attributed it to an old house and my rambunctious cats. They were constantly chasing each other, banging through closed doors like it was a battlefield. Then one morning, I was coming down the stairs in my towel to take a shower before work. I've done this for months, and though the stairs were steep and narrow, I could do it with my eyes closed, which was basically every morning because I'm blind without my glasses. I made it to the second landing and started down the last set of stairs when just a few steps down, my feet flew out from under me and I fell about 10 stairs. Cole found me at the bottom of the stairs screaming and crying in pain. Luckily, all of my extra large toppings were still in my towel. (laughs) Not exactly how I want to see my dude roommate first thing in the morning. I love that extra large toppings. That's amazing. Somehow, we got me back upstairs where I was stuck in bed for three days as I had a broken tailbone. Oh, Honestly, I feel like I was lucky that was it. If I weren't an extra large pizza, I think it could have been way worse. After I was able to maneuver about, Jen came and visited me and literally stopped in her tracks at the bottom of the stairs. She asked me where I fell from and I showed her. It was her. That's all she said for a while. She then explained that the girl was now at the first landing of the stairs, right where I fell from. She got the feeling that the girl was jealous of me. She wanted Cole all for herself and viewed me as a threat. Later that night, I lit a candle, smudged the shit out of the house, and kindly told the girl that she did not live here anymore and to go towards the candlelight. After that, I didn't have any more issues and Jen never saw her again. So yeah, I've learned that ghosts are super jelly of me and think I'm someone to be protected from. No one in real life would say anything like that about me, but who knows? I mean, my friends are pretty amazing and I wouldn't want someone to take them from me either. Thank you girls for being your amazing selves. You really feel like my sisters from different misters. Can't wait to share some more of my creepy experiences with you and maybe even a true crime story for Carrie. Keep on creeping on, Heather. I think all my extra large toppings stayed in. Maybe one of my new favorite lines. Right? Also, that's amazing because um, I don't think a towel... Well, one, I never wear a towel. A towel doesn't fit around me. No, because that's why I never wear A beach it. towel. And at that, I have to be like, uh, got to go to Sam so I can get the real big ones. <laughs> I got to be picky about what even beach towels I get. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, Jen sounds amazing. You sound amazing. But uh, the places that y'all have lived do not. Mm-hmm. Y'all can keep them. Yes. But also, can Jen come over here to Carrie's house and see if her hallway is haunted? Because I feel like it is. Do you really want to know if it is? Yes. Yes, I do. Thank y'all so much for sending all of your stories in. We really appreciate it. If you want your story read, send it to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.